Well, if you don't know me, I'm Pastor Allison, one of the pastors here at Emmanuel. And it's good to be with you all this morning for worship. Today we are talking about being blessed to be a blessing. It's this idea that we've been blessed in so many different ways by God that in our hearts we would posture them to honor the Lord and honor one another and become cheerful givers, as I said earlier. Today is not just talking about money, um, but other ways as well that we can be cheerful givers in loving others. One time when I was a mom in Kentucky, shopping in the grocery store with three young kids, I had something unexpected happen. And if any of you are moms or have ever been a mom shopping with three young kids, you know how challenging that can be. And I'm not usually the grocery shopper in the house. Andrew usually is. So shopping in general is not very fun, but then when you have three little kids in tow, one of them, a baby in a car seat, taking up space in the grocery cart, it makes it quite difficult and challenging. So this particular day when we lived in Kentucky, I was not looking forward to going grocery shopping, but we needed food. And so we went to the grocery store, and I went around with all of my kids, and we got everything we needed and beyond. I'm sure you're all the same way. You don't grocery shop without being hungry, because then you get everything that you don't need. But we got everything and more, and we went through the checkout line, and after ringing everything up, I mean, it was a couple hundred dollars worth of groceries, and as I was getting ready to pay, the couple next to me said, nope, we've got it. And I'm like, what? This is not necessary. I can certainly pay for these groceries. And they said, nope, we just want to bless you today. We're taking care of it. And they put, pulled their card out and put it right in and paid that huge bill for all of my groceries. And I thought, wow, um, this is totally exceeding my expectations of what this grocery trip was going to be like. And I walked away feeling really thankful and blessed and um, honored that they would choose me out of everyone in the store to bless by paying for their groceries. And so this is what we're talking about today, this idea of exceeding expectations of what other people would have, um, this idea of going above and beyond to bless other people because of how God has blessed us. So if you would like, you could pull out a pew Bible, or if you have brought a Bible of your own, um, you could open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and we're going to read a little bit about this story in 2 Corinthians that we are studying today. Um, so 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and we're going to begin at verse 1, and this will give us some context or better understanding of what our 2 Corinthians chapter 9 passage is talking about. So while you're pulling that out, just some background. First and 2 Corinthians are letters written by Paul. Paul who used to persecute Christians, was named Saul at that time. And then he had an encounter with the Lord and converted to Christianity. And then he became a missionary for Jesus. And as a missionary, he became a church planter and a church advisor. He spent seven years in a place called Corinth, and he was raising up church leaders and here, this letter to the Corinthians, we see Paul writing to the church in Corinth and talking about several different things, and one of those being their gratitude for the Lord and their generosity to support those in need. So I'm going to read some parts of chapter 8 and point out a few specific words that I would like you to pay attention to. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches— 
in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had heard earlier, made a beginning, to bring also a completion to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. So this idea of blessing others is about exceeding the expectations of others. And isn't that exactly what God does for us with his grace that he shows us every single day as we are sinners and walking in darkness, but God brings his light into our life through the light of Jesus Christ. And so this passage is talking a little bit about um, what's going on with the Corinthians and other churches in the area. So Paul was writing to the Corinthians to ask for funds to help the believers in Jerusalem who were poor and in famine. And so Paul spends time leading up to this passage talking about how other churches who were not as wealthy as the Corinthian church had given generously and graciously to the effort. But the Corinthian church, who is wealthy and excelling in faith and in speech and in knowledge, in earnestness and in love, has yet to give anything. So he is encouraging them and challenging them to be cheerful givers and give to this effort to support this mission, to care for other believers, and ultimately to support the kingdom of God. And that brings us to the passage that we had read earlier today. So there are different types of blessing that people may experience from us, um, or that we may experience from other people. The first one is um, an external blessing, which we see here in this passage of 2 Corinthians. An external blessing would be providing provision for other people. It could be through money, but it could also be through clothing or food, safety, shelter. An external blessing could also be the gift of an inheritance that a parent passes on to their children. But there are two other kinds of blessings that people may give or experience throughout throughout the entire scope of Scripture. And the next one would be an internal blessing, which would be affirming someone through your words, telling someone you love them, that you care about them, that you appreciate them or are proud of them, and when you are not with them, that you miss them. And Paul, he does this all the time in his letters. So I want to read um, a little bit from 1 Corinthians um, chapter 1. It says, I always thank my God for you, Because of his grace given in Jesus Christ. For in him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
So as you can see here, Paul is thanking them. He's admonishing them. He's talking about how God has gifted them and how he misses them and loves them. Another type of blessing would be an eternal blessing, which is one that changes someone life, someone's life for eternity, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. And we see this here also in this passage that I just read, um, spur, trying to spur them on in their faith and reminding them that God is faithful and giving them spiritual gifts. So an eternal blessing would be you taking the time to point others to eternity, to Jesus, to storing up treasures in heaven and having a deeper relationship with the Lord. So blessings don't just have to be about money, but they can be through your affirmation of love and care for someone or sharing the love of Jesus Christ with someone. So there are some ways we already do this in our church community. Um, when it comes to external blessings, we use the funds that we off do in offering or that people give um, out of memorials or out of the graciousness of their hearts um, to support missions in our church, to support the building and the structure and pay the finances and pay the staffing and all of those things. We offer clothing to those in need through Myrtle's Closet or Ara City Serve. We purchase presents for families in, at Christmas through our Angel Tree program, or we provide financial or food assistance to those who are in need. We support our local food banks, and we even had a group of ladies make some lasagnas to keep in our freezer downstairs so we can give those to people who are in need. We also do a lot of internal blessings. Um, we have a care team that visits shut-ins um, or those who are sick and going through surgery to encourage them during their time of need. We also have people who just love to write cards and send those to people as words of encouragement to other people. And we do this through any time we are together as Christians. Any time we are together, we have the opportunity to give an encouragement, an eternal blessing to one, or an internal blessing to one another. And then eternally, well, I would hope as a Christian church and community that everything that we do would point others to Jesus and his love for us and others. So my question to you today is, how are you doing in these areas, personally? When you are pro approached with the opportunity to give, no matter what it may be, how big or small, how do you react? Is it done out of duty or begrudgingly or frustration? Or is it one with grace and honor for that other person? Recently, Andrew and I had an interesting um, situation come to our house. Um, we had a homeless person randomly show up on our doorstep recently. And I guess if I were homeless, the place that I would go would be to the church. <laughs> and so I guess this person decided to come to the pastor's house. And I know as I've shared this story, everyone has, like, mixed feelings, like, how they would handle this situation. Um, like, oh, I would not have done what you did. But I felt like this person landed on my doorstep as an opportunity to bless them. And as a believer in Jesus Christ, I felt that I needed to do something. So this is because God gave me a home. God gave me safety and shelter and food and clothing and something to keep me warm in the winter, but this lady showed up on our doorstep with nothing. So I invited her into my entryway, 
Andrew was home, and we had other people in the home, so I felt safe doing that. I gave her gloves, I gave her a coat because she didn't have one, I filled her bag with food and snacks, I refilled her water bottle, and then sent her on her way to someone who could help her. And she wasn't expecting any of that. She was just looking for where to go find help. And instead, I wanted to make sure that she left feeling warm because it was a cold day, that she had food because she said she didn't have anything, that she had water to stay hydrated. And I just wanted to bless her, and it, she felt so thankful. And it wasn't because of anything that I felt would bring benefit me, but because I've been so blessed by God that I want to make sure others feel that way as well. You see, our God is a God of blessing. And he blesses us with all of these things. He provides for our physical needs on earth. He provides for us financially. He has given us an inheritance of eternal life, and he affirms us by making it clear that he loves us, cares for us, and has a plan for us. And then he has given us Jesus Christ to bless us with every spiritual blessing. And we see this with the story of Abraham, which we heard part of that story today. Abraham used to be Abram, and then God called him and said he was going to bless him. And he was going to bless him by making a great nation through Abraham, blessing him with offspring, giving him a land, which back then your land was your fortune. He gave him a name that would be great and well-known, which is true because we're still talking about him today. And he would offer him protection And later in chapter 15, we see that God shows up to Abraham in a vision, offering a promise that he will carry out all of these blessings. And God promised offspring as many as the stars in the sky. He promised him more land of all the land that surrounded him, and that he would be the father of many nations. And what's so cool about this is that as you read ahead in Genesis, we see this covenant carried out through the offspring of Abraham. When Abraham dies, God speaks the same covenant and blessing and promise to Isaac, his child. And then when Isaac dies, God speaks the same covenant to his son Jacob, who then is called Israel, which is the name that God's people are named after. Through all of these blessings given by God, we eventually get to the greatest blessing of all, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus who died for us, who loves us, who saves us every single day. I want to um, reread a little bit of chapter 9 just to clarify everything for us, because knowing that we are blessed by God, we are then called to be a blessing to others, as Paul has made clear in this passage. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of your service, by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession 
of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. So Paul makes something very clear here. We are to be cheerful and gracious givers in any way that may be, externally, internally, eternally. We are to give because in our heart we know this person needs this blessing. We shouldn't give because we feel we have to, because that can actually be a sign of greed within us. Or do it begrudgingly. We should do it because of the blessings that we experience through God, and also because it can lead someone else to then give thanks to God and turn to him as their Lord and Savior. And so Paul also makes it clear that when our hearts are in the right place, God has grace for us and promises to take care of us. If you give out of duty or while grumbling, you aren't going to experience any sort of blessing from that. But when you do it out of honor and love for God and others, you will see that experience of blessing from God. It's this idea of sowing and reaping. What you give generously out of love and care, God will also, um, you will experience that blessing from God. But Paul also makes it clear that we have freedom to choose how we want to bless others. Perhaps this is where spiritual gifts come into play, but what we are not free to do is to not give, to not love, or not do good to others. So being gracious is really a matter of your posture of your heart. I want to close with one story. In the year of 2008, Pastor Andrew and I, we had been married for a year, and we had a house in Waverly. And many of you have heard this story, but if you haven't, that was the year of major flooding around Iowa. And we, there was a flood that came through Waverly that ended up ruining our house. Um, we had 16 inches of water on our main floor, and it was condemned that we could not live there anymore. And I was in the middle of finishing my last year of college at Warburg. Andrew was working full-time. Um, finances were hard. And here we had a house that we owed a mortgage on that we could no longer live in. We had to go find another place where we could pay rent, and it was just really challenging time for us. And Andrew's grandma, Grandma Dorothy, said, well, this just isn't right, that you would have to pay on a house that you no longer can live in and pay rent, and you're going through school. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an advance on your inheritance, and I'm going to pay off your house. Um, so you don't have to pay any mortgage on that anymore. You can give it to the government, and they'll take care of everything else. And so she paid off our mortgage, so we wouldn't have that burden on us anymore. And what a blessing that was for us in that season of our life. Not only the trauma of losing our home, um, not knowing where we're going to live, um, just for like those few months while I was finishing school, but then not to have that burden, that financial burden of, having to pay for a house that we couldn't live in. So my challenge for you this week is to go out and recognize ways that God has blessed you, but also how you can exceed the expectations of other people. And then I encourage you to share those stories with others, because when you share those stories, it spurs other people on to do the same. Let us pray. Lord God, thank you that you are a God of blessing, a God who keeps promises who loves us right where we are at, and that your mercies are new for us every day. Open our eyes today, God. Posture our hearts towards the idea of blessing in any sort of way that it may be. 
May we see those around us who are in need of encouragement or a reminder of your love or who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ or who simply need help physically, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.